Hey, and welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. My name is Paula Parker. You may have noticed that I've been away from the podcast, uh, so I just wanted to give you a quick little update. I'm very excited to share that my husband and I are expecting our first child in January. We are super excited. Overall, I have to say that the pregnancy has been smooth, although for the majority of it, I've been really tired, really exhausted, and haven't had a lot of bandwidth for very much extra. So I've really just been focusing on resting and taking it easy. And now I'm starting to feel a little bit more like myself again. So I am super excited to jump back into the podcast. And this topic is especially interesting right now for me because I'm obviously not thinking about weight loss for myself, but just on my relationship with food and how I want to nourish myself and the baby. So I hope you will find it helpful. So my first question is really, what did you think of when you saw the title of this episode? For many of us, we have a vague notion of what a healthy relationship with food is. We might think it's something that lots of other people have, but we don't. Something we're always striving for, but we can never quite grasp or hold on to for very long. And in this episode, I'm going to give you five things you can do to define what a healthy relationship with food means for you. And this can act as a template, as a baseline. And as you work with your brain around food, it will be kind of like your North Star, what you're working towards. Because I think this is so important because for each of us, we really want to choose for ourselves what this looks like. In diet culture, we're constantly being bombarded with the new right way to eat or foods not to eat. And if we haven't defined how we want to be with food, like what that relationship is, then we can easily get off track and we feel confused and we feel defeated. So first, we'll talk about what it is to quote unquote, eat normally, the enigma that is intuitive eating, and how you can actually be the boss of your brain. We'll also examine your current programming around food, and I offer a reframe that I really think will change everything for you. Okay, a healthy relationship with food. What is it actually? How do we start to define this? How do we know when we actually have it? Maybe what's easier is to define what it's not. It's probably pretty easy for you to spot an unhealthy relationship with food in your past behaviors. Often what comes to mind is like binge eating, eating to the point of physical pain, restricting food obsessively, or just being food obsessed, like thinking about food all the time, or it could even be being fixated on one food in particular and feeling at the whim of these cravings. So for many of us, those are examples of what an unhealthy relationship looks like. So what is the opposite? What does it look like for us? Keep in mind, this might be different from people in your family or your best friend. I invite you to spend some time actually thinking about this so that you know what you're truly aiming for, because it's not just about reaching your goal weight here. You could easily do that with like a 10 day fast and lose 10 pounds, but then what happens afterwards, right? All that weight comes back on the following month and oftentimes it brings a little extra weight with it. What we're going for here is much more ambitious. What we're going for is transformation, changing our brains, rewiring our brains on the subject of food. So if you are up for that, keep listening. Now, raise your hand if you've ever said or had the thought, I just want to be able to eat normally. I know I've said this over the years. I just want to eat normal like everyone else. 
But hey, look around. What do you notice? Have you really looked at what's inside most people's shopping carts? Like, unless you are living in my old neighborhood of Kitsilano in Vancouver, where Lululemon was literally invented, then most shopping carts are not filled with leafy greens and quinoa, okay? No. The next time you're standing in line at the grocery store, check out what's in those carts, because that's what's normal. I want you to question normal eating. Normal is conforming to the standard, and we have a natural inclination to conform to be accepted by the groups, right? That's how our brains developed. So it makes sense that we want to be, quote, normal. But then what does that mean for your weight? Uh, I live in Victoria, BC, here in Canada, and according to Statistics Canada, 63% of us are classified as overweight. 63% of Canadians. That's over half. So that means if you eat normally, you are more likely than not to be overweight. I'm offering that you define what normal eating looks like for you, rather than relying on culture to define it for you. Now you may be thinking, but isn't it normal to have popcorn with butter at the movies? Isn't it normal to overeat during the holidays? And you know, I'd argue that yes, it's totally normal. And if you don't have a preoccupation with food and overeating, then lucky you. But if like me, your dopamine hit comes from food, then what normal eating looks like for you will be different than someone who gets their dopamine hit from like over drinking, overspending, something else. That's why I truly think, you know, we are the unicorns, my friends, because if drinking or spending or gambling or whatever is your thing, you can usually avoid it completely, right? You don't have to drink to live. You can stay away from the mall or avoid casinos, but with food, there's just nowhere to hide. You have to confront yourself and be present with yourself every single day. And that's why I'm doing this work, really, because I know there are women out there who have been where I've been, feeling hopeless and defeated about their weight. And I'm telling you, it does not have to be like that. If you are listening to this right now and are really in the depths of it, you're in the fire, I'm telling you, hold on, there is a way out. The fact that you're even listening to this is a sign that you're ready for some serious change. So, okay, what does this mean? So for example, if you are working on your relationship with food and you're at a barbecue or something in which your friends and family are eating junk food and drinking, even though that's normal, your normal might be avoiding the junk food and drinking, right? Your normal might be bringing your own healthy meal and just really owning that. Don't strive to be normal. Strive to be the best version of yourself. Okay, so let's talk about intuitive eating. A few years ago, I was really feeling frustrated and at the end of my rope with my weight fluctuations, and I really wanted to understand what intuitive eating was because I was really skeptical. I thought at the time, as you may now, that if I listened to my body and I ate intuitively, I would eat cereal all day, every day, until the end of time. So I worked with a food and body coach specifically, and her name is Suzanne Mueller. Now, I already was working with another master life coach, Karen Title. so now I'm working with two coaches, but that's how desperate and committed I was about this, and also that's how much I really value coaching and just value this work. Different coaches will bring different expertise and experience. They have different styles, so if you're interested in coaching, do some research and just try a few out. 
pretty much all coaches will offer a consultation or like a free session. And you know, that's usually part of the sales process. Like I even offer a free session as well, but a good coach will provide you with enough value that it's worth your time for sure. So just keep trying out a few until you find someone that resonates with you. And I will put the links uh, to both of those coaches on my website in the show notes, and I highly recommend both of them. So with Suzanne, we talked a lot about intuitive eating. She kept telling me to trust my body and that my body knows. And I have to admit, I really didn't believe it at first. For my whole life, basically, I had been in a restrict binge cycle. So this was so hard for me to wrap my mind around. But here's what I've learned since then. Now, if you've spaced out, come back to me. This is important. Intuitive eating is not eating without restraint. I'll say that again. Intuitive eating is not eating without restraint. It's not just eating whatever you want whenever you want. No, if you have a history of overeating, you need to get in the habit of restraint around food and eat reasonably. You may be surprised just how little food your body actually needs and how many calories you're actually taking in. For most of us, it's more than we think. We tend to underestimate how much we're actually taking in. So are you freaking out a little right now just about hearing restriction? That's usually a default reaction. So many of my clients, they have that same response. So let me ask you this. Why does restricting your food make you freak out? The answer is because it feels uncomfortable and you've been using food emotionally. The solution is not to stop restricting food. The solution is to manage your discomfort and emotional health. Let's clear up the myth about restriction and binging. One of my clients was really worried about this. She emailed me saying that she had done research online and somewhere it had said that restricting food leads to binging. But here's what I told her. Restricting food doesn't cause binging. Your thoughts do. When you have a thought about more food, you feel the desire to eat more. Your brain is used to taking that action on this feeling by complying with this thought-feeling combination. Action is you eat and eat and eat. So think of cocaine, for example. Huge dopamine release, right? But given that you aren't an addict, If you restrain from cocaine, you will not binge on coke. Restriction and restraint doesn't lead to binging. Now you might think, well, my body doesn't need cocaine, but it needs food. So if I deprive it of food, it will go crazy and I'll be out of control. But here's the thing. As long as you are a conscious human being, you decide whether to buy the food, whether to go to the fridge and whether to eat. The desire increases in intensity and then wanes when you don't comply. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Most people are not going to be willing to feel that emotional discomfort. Most people are going to comply, which is why so many people online will tell you that restricting food leads to binging, but it's just not true. Food restriction is a neutral circumstance that you have thoughts about then you have feelings about, then you take an action. Next, I want to talk about being the boss of your brain. This is the difference between wanting something and being committed to something. So you're going to have discomfort. You might even feel the urge to binge, 
but that doesn't mean you need to or should take action on those feelings unconsciously. Take a deep breath. Just feel what you're feeling. There's so much that's outside of your control. You know, you can't control how tall you are, the family that you were born into, how you were raised, but you know what you can control? How you treat yourself, what you say to yourself, how much you eat, the results that you produce at the level you produce them. And nobody can tell you what you will or won't do. That is entirely up to you. Remember, our bodies get programmed on what we repeatedly do. So if we have the habit of this binge over restrict, we will need to work hard to break that cycle. Your body has learned that in times of restriction, it needs to produce lots of ghrelin, the hunger hormone, to get you to eat. That's okay. It's natural. That's how our bodies keep us alive. The problem is when we overeat in response to hunger. And this binge restrict cycle is so prominent in our Western culture. All you have to do is go into Whole Foods before and after the Christmas holidays. Beforehand, they have all the treats on display, right? All the party foods. Then you go in the new year, what do you see then? Maple syrup, lemons, and cayenne pepper because now everyone's doing the 10-day master cleanse juice fast. Now, I'm not against juice fasting, but my point is that overeating during the holidays is considered normal. This binge restrict is considered normal. Question what you want your normal to be. You get to decide how much or how little that cycle belongs in your healthy relationship with food. And that brings me to my next point. Start questioning your programming. So what are your current beliefs around food? They might be steeped in entitlement like mine were, that you should be able to eat anything you want, that it's unfair to have to restrict your food. I've definitely had those thoughts many times, but what do they lead to? Do they serve you in a healthy way? Usually they elicit a rebellious response, which comes with like a big F you to life and more overeating. So ask yourself what feelings and actions these thoughts are resulting in so that you can stop that pattern. And it can be helpful to watch people who don't have any food drama. Notice how they can take it or leave it. My husband is a great example of this. When it comes to food, he'll avoid something or he'll just eat small amounts when he suspects it doesn't serve his body. Like he'll lay off the sugar or the dairy because it makes him break out. So does he lament it? Does he complain about it or obsess about it? Not in any way. It's neutral for him. It's just no big deal. So decide what role you want food to play in your life. I'd like to offer that for those of us who use food when we're bored, tired, stressed, anxious, or even mildly uncomfortable, we start seeing food as fuel. Food is simply nutrients that give us energy to live our lives. It provides sustenance and vitality to our organs, muscles, brain, every living cell in our body. Just think about that. It's a wonderful thing that what we put in our bodies will actually dictate how we feel. When we put in healthy food in the right amounts, our bodies feel energized and vital. When we don't, we feel the consequences of that, don't we? Like if I eat too many carbs, I definitely get really sleepy. So eat food that serves your body. You can't break up with food. You are in this relationship for the long haul. So decide for yourself what's normal in this relationship. A healthy relationship with food is not happiness. 
Derive your happiness from your life, not from food. For example, when it comes to the holidays, seek pleasure out of the conversations you have with loved ones instead of focusing so much on the meals and snacking that happens during this time. If a lot of resistance is coming up for you right now around food and happiness, uh, just witness it. You don't have to stiffen up around this. All you have to do is be curious. Question your socialization. Question your emotional ties to food. Maybe ones that you developed as a kid. And those can be wonderful memories. They don't have to be negative. I have really great memories of dipping Twizzlers into Kraft peanut butter with my mom and sister. Yes, that happened. <laughs> I, you know, making Rice Krispie squares together, all that stuff. Fun times for sure. However, it doesn't serve me now as an adult to eat that stuff. As an adult, I want to separate love and connectedness from food. Food is fuel. It's great and it's fuel for my body. Doesn't mean I can't enjoy what I eat and eat with gusto, but it's simply fuel for my body. Okay, so to recap, first think about how you define a healthy relationship with food for yourself. You are the expert of you. You get to create exactly what that looks like. And you get to change it down the road too if you want to as well. So don't get bogged down with the perfect description. Write it out in your thought journal, what it is and what it is not so that you know what you're working toward. If this is your particular healing journey, you're always evolving, changing, and bouncing around somewhere on the continuum. Secondly, understand that in eating intuitively is not eating without restraint. Restraint, restriction is healthy for those of us who have weight to release and use food for emotional reasons. This leads us to being the boss of your brain. We decide what thoughts to think on purpose. Restriction doesn't lead to binging. Indulging thoughts about binging and then acting on those thoughts leads to binging. Question your social and familiar programming around food and ask yourself what you want to change. What is serving you and your weight loss journey and what can be simply a fond memory? And finally, I suggest you think of food as fuel for your body. Food doesn't have to be interesting all the time, okay? If you love to cook and it's super interesting to you, even better. Just be sure you are cooking in a way that's going to serve your body. High fiber, whole food, lots of veggies, herbs and spices, healthy fats, lean protein, you know the spiel. I hope this gives you a framework in which you can start reshaping what your unique relationship to food is for you. You deserve to befriend food to have a positive relationship. But like any relationship, you can't take it for granted. You have to work at it, give it the attention it deserves, and stick with it through the ups and downs. As always, if you have thoughts about this topic, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at mindful underscore shape, and feel free to DM me with any questions that you have. And of course, if you are interested in learning more about private coaching, you can go ahead and book a free session with me through my website. Uh, this session is really just a chance for us to get to know each other and for you to have the opportunity to see what coaching is like. I know that for many of you, this is a topic that's close to your heart and you may not feel comfortable talking about it with friends or family. I implore those of you who are in this camp to reach out. You do not have to struggle alone. I am here for you. Okay, so thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.